Hello everyone, this is Rosie, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of my podcast called My Intrusive Thoughts. Tipikokachi, Kung suriral nemyo, kung kung suriral nemyo. Chimjangi hanere sotangkaji, achiran chinjaon dungal kesuk hayotta. Chosarangi otta. This is Rosie. Another episode concept ka onoral otake beahalti iron type raso teka a humbon hangukoru haka shiposo tikum wasayo tikum hangukoru shitak mende a koktukati mayo itumtaka teka ponyakdu hakisunda. So, today's episode is supposed to be how to learn a language. So, I thought that I would do an episode, start with like a different language. And so, I decided to start in Korean. That's what I was saying earlier in Korean, if you were wondering. Um, I know that my pronunciation is not very fluent, it's still kind of awkward, but, you know, the more you speak, it's going to get better, so that's what I believe in. So today we're going to be talking all about how to learn a language, and I'm sorry if I sound gruff or worn down, it's the first day of Eid today as I'm recording, I've just finished, um... You know, after a full day of a lot of hectic chaos. And, um, you know, we had Gurbani at our place today. And we had family over. And, like, we had a nice lunch and everything. And I was literally up for almost 24 hours um, at this point. When my family came over and everything. And I don't know how I got through the day. It's been so hectic. I swear to God, eats are always hectic. They're fun, but like the more you grow, the excitement takes a backseat whilst the responsibilities and you know how to organize things, you know, stuff, all that adult stuff comes into play and um, that becomes more dominant. So especially uh, Eid al-Azhar, it's more about, you know, the food 
right? The kurbani, the meat. So um, I literally was stealing in the kitchen all day today, which uh, is not really an ideal situation in this heat. So, I mean, what I was trying to get at is that if I sound gruff, I'm sorry in advance. I've been very social today and my social battery has just run out and I'm kind of um, exhausted, but I really wanted to get this episode out today. As in tomorrow. But like, it's already midnight, so soon, basically. I'm just rambling at this point. So I initially had like this whole episode plan where I was going to talk about, you know, the history of languages and how they came to being and what we know of um, about languages of the ancient world and, you know, the earlier times of mankind on earth and everything but i felt like that would be too nerdy and i don't want to like bore my audience talking about all these scientific things like i somehow always end up talking about a lot of scientific nerdy things on this podcast which i apologize this is supposed to be like a you know intrusive thoughts kind of thing where i just talk about like regular things which other people can relate to then a lot of times the things in my head are related to science and not just like regular science it's like always some weird nerdy shit so i'm sorry if that is boring to you because like you just want to listen to me ramble about some you know weird thing but then i like but then i just go and add some random scientific shit to it like you know i feel like i am similar to Jungi in a lot of ways like this because i love to explore the scientific aspects of things the other day on show Tritha, um Yungi had Jin over you know the festa episode and he called him bts's useless encyclopedia i feel like if someone were to describe me that would be me because i just know random things like random scientific shit that nobody really cares about but anyways um so i decided i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna talk about a little bit some fascinating theories that i really find interesting one of them is the way these um, language theories, linguistic theories have been named because I don't know. I mean, it's probably very immature of me, but I read the names and I was just like kind of laughing because they sounded ridiculous to me. So basically, I was reading this article where they were talking about what we know so far of how language was invented and stuff and they were talking about, you know, different theories that different linguists have um brought forward which might suggest how language originated and they have like ridiculous names that i find very funny like the poo theory or the ding dong theory or the yo he ho theory or you know the uh bow wow theory or the ta ta theory i mean i'm not sure if these are actual names because i did not have enough time to really um kind of like research all of them and figure out if they were actually named this uh but i won't be surprised if they are but on this article that i was reading off from like web space uh this person uh you know wrote them down in bold italics and i was like okay if that was true then wow and um i saw some like really uh common famous names that i never really thought would have anything to do with languages like darwin i mean you could say but i mean for me i 
I can't remember ever relating Darwin to language. Like, I know that he was a weird dude who liked to experiment, you know? But uh, I know him from genetics, you know, biology, bilinguist. Um, yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, there was this person also called, he's a Danish linguist, and his name is Jess Person. Jess Person. Like, I've just been, for the past five minutes, I've been trying to figure out how to say his name. And it's probably just like, just person, like, just person. But I just, in my head, you know, sometimes you pronounce a word, and for some reason, it just doesn't sound right to you. Uh, that's what was going on in my head. But yeah. The ding-dong theory. I don't know why this name amuses me so much. But apparently, some people, including the famous linguist Max Muller, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, have pointed out that there is a rather mysterious uh, correspondence between sounds and meanings. Uh, small, sharp, high things tend to have words with high front vowels in many languages, while big, round, low things tend to have round back vowels. Compare itsy-bitsy teeny-weeny with moon, for example. This is often referred to as sound symbolism. Um, I can see where this is going, you know. Um, huge, big elephant, right? And then teeny tiny ant. Makes sense. I don't know. Does it? What do you think? In any case, that's languages for you. Somehow they got invented. People thought, oh, well, we can communicate now. And every sort of region had their own uh, language. Everybody came up with their, like, set of alphabets and, you know, uh, local language and then informal language, street language, swear words. I don't know who invented swear words. I really want to dive into that, actually. I might be researching that later on. How did swear words come to be and who thought like you know who thought when they heard a word that oh this sounds bad so i can just you know use it when i'm angry and we can just like make it into a taboo word that you should not be saying in like decent conversations right so i really need to research that but before that let's just get back to where we were supposed to go this is just i'm i'm kind of um getting off track over here so languages that's what we're talking about and how to learn languages basically so first of all with any language um i think the biggest thing that matters is your interest how interested you are about learning this language and not just the language but its background its culture you know the ins and outs of uh, where this language is used mostly like in what cultures in what countries this language is used and uh, there's a lot to a language than just alphabets grammar and you know vocabulary because not only does a language basically help you express your emotions and everything but it also conveys history you know it conveys feelings thoughts but also your manners your etiquettes you know your culture your traditions and language is very rich in terms of every aspect of life it can show you it can open up doors for you that you did not know existed and i have a like story for you guys today related to language 
It's、so、like when I first moved to China. I remember that、um, I was very nervous because I had no idea about Chinese language, like whatsoever. I mean, I was kind of, you know,、um, I was not new to the Asian cultures specifically, but、uh, overall, Chinese was something that I always kind of strayed far from. Like I gave it like a wide berth because it sounded so complicated.、Uh, when I first got to China, actually, I just knew how to say ni hao, xie、uh, xie, and thirty. And I remember that we met this、uh, taxi guy, and he was driving us from the airport to the Beijing、uh, train station, and he knew a bit of English, so we were asking him like, can he help us? Sort of gives tips on how to communicate with other people、uh, if we can't use our phones, you know, the translators. And he's like, if somebody asks you a question, just say "wo bu shi dao," "wo bu shi dao le." And people were very confused. They were like, "What does that mean? Like, is it like excuse me or whatever?" And he's like, "It means I don't know." And we just laughed our asses off. We're like, "Yeah, that's a great way to start a conversation with somebody," you know, "wo bu shi dao le." Like. If somebody comes at you like they want to talk to you, they want to try and communicate to you, just be like, "What was it all?" So, and that we ended up using a lot, actually. The irony of the situation.、Um, so when we started living there, obviously we had to learn the language to be able to get by and to just be able to communicate and live a easier life, you know. So、uh, we were learning Chinese in school, but also. I figured that you know, let's just go one step ahead and do it on my own time as well. Like you know, it's not like I have like medical studies to focus on or like a very neck-breaking schedule to follow when it came to school and everything. No, I'm just gonna like go ahead and really burden myself with learning a new language because I am a stupid freak and I just cannot stand not being fluent in this language whilst I'm living here. And the reason behind me going all out with Chinese was, even though I did not really want to learn this language, one because I was living there and I needed it to survive, and two, the same thing, but more urgent because I had this、um, thing once where I was at like a vegetable shop, and this very sweet, nice lady was trying to help me buy some fruits and vegetables. And I wanted some eggs. Now I did not know what eggs were in Chinese, and my phone was not working. And I just stared at her, trying to think of a way to explain to her that I was looking for eggs and I needed eggs. And in that moment, like those five to twenty seconds, where we both just stared at each other, both frustrated. Both not knowing what to do with ourselves because she did not know how to speak my language and I did not know how to speak her language, and I felt really bad for her and for me too. I was like, "Wow!" In that moment, I realized how important languages are and how important it is to be able to express yourself, you know, in any situation. Because I had to literally mime to be able to explain to her that I was looking for an egg. I had to. Pretend to be a chicken. I was like, you know, with my hand on the side, flicking them up and down, and being the cuckoo sound. God, that was embarrassing. But she understood. We both laughed at it afterwards. And after a few, like, you know, months passed by, and I 
realized that eggs were actually called chitan in Chinese. I went back once and I asked for chitan and she just laughed at me because she also remembered that one exchange and it was funny but it also became a pivotal memory in the sense that that was when I realized that whoa I need to learn Chinese and after that I was like going at it oh my god so passionately for like almost a month and then I actually gave up but I had my bursts in between so um I'm gonna tell you things that you should do and things that I did that you should not do while learning the language today I think the first and the foremost thing is whatever language you're learning, you need to set goals. Now, you need to understand that learning a language is not something that you can just do overnight. I mean, you can learn a certain vocabulary overnight if you're like a genius or something. And you might be able to even string up, um, you know, sentences, simple sentences. But then it gets tricky when the grammar is introduced and then the tenses and the verbs and the um, you know object placement the verb object placement and you know pronouns nouns all of that uh, gerunds and whatnot so that can be very messy obviously but fear not because the first thing you got to do is set goals you need to be very clear about the goals that you're setting for yourself and make sure that they are like little steps baby steps don't try to uh you know be like oh i'm gonna learn the past tense today the entirety of it and then i'm gonna learn like uh present tense tomorrow and then the future tense the other day and oh i'll be able to speak like you know as fast as namjoon raps basically that's not how it works and don't do that to yourself because you're only setting yourself up for disappointment keep your goals achievable and take many steps learn slowly you need to adapt to your own pace everybody has a different pace i remember i learned the uh, korean alphabet in a day literally a day because they're very easy and very simple to recognize and memorize plus i had like uh, a few years of exposure to the language beforehand uh, so it was easier for me that way with chinese it took me forever i'm not even gonna try and you know, count how many months or days it took me to be able to tell the difference between zai and um, cha or, you know, some other uh, characters because they're not just alphabets, they're characters. And that's a whole different concept right there. Like there are more than a thousand characters and uh, there's pinyin and that's like the romanized English version of uh, the Chinese phonetics syllables i am probably very shit at explaining how chinese language works but it's very difficult but it's actually interesting at the same time like um i found it very difficult in the beginning but once i got into the flow of learning chinese i found it really you know interesting and uh, i might just go back and actually um write my hsk later on because you know i really liked the language that one point when I got the hang of things and I was no longer miming my way around to uh, make people understand what I was trying to say. So there's that. But anyways, the point being that short goals, achievable goals, not short goals. I mean, depending on your own pace, like, you know, if you want to challenge yourself, go ahead, do that. But I feel like in the beginning of learning a language, you should 
uh, keep it slow, keep it gentle so that your mind can retain the information. I mean, that's how it worked for me at least. So there's that. Number one, goals. Right. So the next step is obviously going to be to learn the alphabet, the, you know, sounds of the language. And this can be very interesting. So like with languages like, you know, Urdu and Arabic and uh, German, there is a lot of sound and so that we are used to that sound and the R sound is kind of like very sharp i would say but with uh, korean with chinese there's a little rolling sound you know because uh, in especially in korean you have the r sound but it can also be pronounced as the l sound the same alphabet so it can be a little tricky if you don't uh if you're not very fluent with the language and it can get a little um you can get a little tongue-tied for me, the hardest part was switching from one, like your tongue gets used to like speaking a certain set of vowels and sounds, consonants. So it took me a while to kind of like make myself more comfortable. So I think that's the second step. You need to make yourself comfortable speaking the sounds of this, you know, language. I'm sorry, I'm losing my voice. So the second step is going to be to get yourself familiar with the sounds and try to, you know, repeat the consonants and the vowels that are constantly used. Like um, in Korean, you had il, e, ah, ye, ya. So these sounds and, you know, then the, the consonants were like ma, de, le, ge, ke. So that uh, was very helpful. And then you obviously have to learn the vocabulary, which is going to be the third step. Now, I started off with making lists. That's what worked for me. So you gather like the basic vocabulary, like hi, hello, the greetings, and then what, where, how, when, you know, the the question words. And then like simple verbs like going, coming, seeing, watching, drinking, eating. Um these and then progress slowly from there so when you know these uh and then you know simple object names nouns like you know a book a chair a refrigerator a television a mobile phone a girl a boy so when you have like all these regular uh common words memorized then you're ready actually to start making simple sentences and i think it just doesn't get easier than that um, and that's the most exciting part when you can start, you know, stringing up sentences, like even if they're short and they're like basic, you know, that feeling of accomplishment that you get from that is is really exciting. Like like right now, I'm thinking back to the time when I started making uh, short sentences in Korean. I was like, "Kunyonun isa yeo," or you know, "Nanun tigum tunguge isoyo." like small sentences like when i started making those i was so excited and i really enjoyed that so i think once you get to this level where you have your vocabulary you're familiar with the sounds now you can go to the more difficult tasks of learning 
you know, and getting really into the grammar and, you know, all the itsy-bitsy details of the language. So in today's time, we have so many accessible materials online and offline. We have books, we have movies, we have, you know, um, dramas, we have songs, everything that is like accessible to us right on our phones, on our laptops, on our iPads. And so I think it has never been easier to learn a language. And that's really interesting because not only are you learning the scholastic side of the language, but it's also easier now to learn the everyday language, you know? Because learning a language from a book is one thing, but like, but like when you talk to people, like natives, and you practice with them, it's a different experience altogether. I think I learned better that way. I was learning Korean for almost six years by myself and I wasn't really speaking it. So I can read Korean and I can listen to songs. I can watch movies without subtitles and everything. But even now when I talk, I'm very conscious of my accent, of like, you know, speaking slow, fast, all that, because I didn't really have that much exposure to uh, natives who were fluent in the language. And that makes such a huge difference because when I went to China, and I was like surrounded by people who could actually talk in Korean. I learned so much faster. Like I remember the graph of my learning speed just really went so far up. And so it, it just increased so fast because I was able to talk to people, exchange ideas in that language. And even when I was making mistakes, they were able to help me and correct me you know, at the same time in real time which was better for learning. But if that's not available for you, there's always apps. Like there was this app called Memrise. I don't know if it still exists or not. Then there was Duolingo. Obviously, who does not know about that damn owl? Like this owl harasses me every week with like multiple emails, which I always forget to disable and it's like oh you have not studied korean in a while you have not studied spanish in a while come back give me five minutes it's like it's so desperate it just wants me to like learn a language like god damn it rosie learn the stupid language and i'm just like oh my god i'm busy i'm literally having a mental breakdown like leave me alone this out anyways duolingo is a good app and then for each like language you might find some like uh local apps of the regions where these languages are spoken they probably have like you know chat groups and stuff like that uh, they might have like you know instant messages app like chatting apps and stuff or you could find people on twitter i found a lot of koreans on twitter that i talked to when i was learning korean and chinese even i actually i had a chinese friend who i had been following on twitter for almost like nine years but i never knew they were chinese right and we were just like we would talk all the time and everything and then when i was in china like i tweeted once about something uh you know when i was in china and she replied back and she's like oh i never knew you were in china i was like uh are you in china she's like yeah i live here and i was like wow and then she invited me and i actually went to meet her like i met an online friend for the first time and it was like so surreal because i had to like literally uh travel from my city to uh beijing she lived in beijing and i met her 
we basically hung out for a while. I she's also in army, so I got her like a pillow with like Jungkook on it because her bias was Jungkook. It was really fun, and I got to hang out with her, and uh, we ate like local food, and then she explained some like historical uh, facts about the places that we went to and stuff like that. So that was really interesting. Also, another good option is podcasts and you know audiobooks. I really uh, enjoy listening to audiobooks and podcasts in a language that I'm interested in because um, you can like slow down the speed, or you can um, you know rewind and listen to something again, and kind of like uh, you know it, it becomes like an exercise where you can listen and then you can try and repeat or try to understand what that person is saying, and if you like. If you're very interested, like if you're very passionate about learning uh, a language, this can be a very good exercise to actually do. Where you listen to a podcast episode in a particular language, and then you try to like write down what you understood from that podcast episode, and then maybe ask somebody who is fluent in the language to help you figure out if you were correct or not. I mean, there are different ways. There are multiple ways to learn a language, and you just have to figure out what works for you. At the end of the day. Okay, uh, one tip I would also like to give here is that we all get conscious about our pronunciation, uh, the way we say certain words. Because, like, I grew up learning British English um, since I was in um, a British English school, but then my friends were like American, so I always got, you know, kind of confused with what spellings I need to go with, like you know, favorite with an F A V O R I T E, or a favorite with F A V O U R I T E. So that kind of thing. So am I gonna call it a tomato or am I gonna call it a tomato? Kind of thing, right? You might have noticed me pronounce certain words in the British accent and then the others in the American accent. Like I still to this day cannot say per like person. I have to say person. And do, and happy birthday. I can never be like birthday. Like, it's it's hard. So I'm like a mixture of these. But I own it. I love it. The way I speak, it's unique to me. And as long as I can express myself and make the other person understand what I'm saying, that should be enough. Do not be afraid to speak. Do not be conscious. It's all you know a process. It, it's all part of the process, learning. If you're making mistakes, it's okay because then you can learn from them. And sometimes if, you, if you're like confused about how to pronounce a word, you can always Google it. And you know, you can find translations and pronunciations for everything, basically. So be confident in yourself, first of all. And it's all going to be well. And you're going to learn a new language. You're going to be able to connect to more people. Maybe be exposed to like a whole different culture maybe way of life expressions it's like you know languages open doors for you and may bring you art and you know parts of the world that you did not know existed like these days i've been into um like those those three worst uh poems in japanese and i'm not really um fluent in japanese at all like I don't think I know anything except for sayonara and uh, arigato gozaimasu. Uh, 
so I've been like I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right I'm sorry if I'm not but haiku poems and I really love them so I've been really interested in those and I've been like you know um reading those a lot like researching more about them and their history and whatever again I go there with the history and everything but that was really interesting for me so um I may not be able to pronounce them correctly but I try and because just you know looking into this language and realizing that there's this form of art that exists and it's beautiful um there's a world out there that I don't know and just learning one language can give me access to you know their art their culture you know be able to talk to people who may have different ideas and you know maybe living different lives and just being able to connect with them it's such an exciting thing right like i remember when i started listening to korean songs and k dramas watching k dramas um uh, i was like really blown away by their content and even though in the beginning i did not know the language the subtitles worked for me but sometimes i would not find the subtitles and that was really frustrating like it's i think i'm talking about like you know 2010 and you know 2015 kind of time so where they were not really all that much um kind of hyped up on the international uh, level but with bts songs even like their lyricism oh my god like i think i've learned the major goal for me was to be able to understand namjoon's verses and yoongi's craft and hobi's craft like i just wanted to be able to listen to a bts song and understand what the hell they were saying because you know the translations now that i know the language uh to a certain extent and i can translate like i do live translations for bts on twitter and now that like i see them interact and i can understand what they're actually saying i realize that there's so much we lose during translations the nuances you know some expressions that are endearing but you can't really have little translations of them in other languages so i realized that i was missing out on so much because i did not know the language so i'm not saying that you just have to do it so you can be a better army or whatever but i'm saying that as a language nerd i really enjoyed being able to Uh, understand those nuances to be able to kind of you know um watch them interact and really understand what was going on cuz you know like jin has a tendency of cracking dad jokes all the time and in english you might not find like it as funny as you would in korean anyways and especially run bts uh, episodes are just always so much more fun now that i understand what the hell is going on and yeah so that is one thing and even uh chinese i think when i was living there and i was learning chinese from books it was so boring oh my god i still remember like sitting down late at night trying to memorize strokes and um you know the characters and what the, they meant the intonations and everything Chinese is a fun language. Like if I were to go back and do it all over again, I would. But what I would change in the process would be how I went about learning this language because I figured that for me sitting in a classroom and a teacher dictating me intonations does not work. It literally turns me off. I would like to say. Uh so my way of learning is through dramas, through books, through music. and music being the biggest inspiration for me and the motivation for me to learn any language at this point 
like、uh, I've been listening to a lot of Japanese songs. I am on the verge of, you know, starting that journey. But I know that you know my brain needs to kind of stick. Like I don't want to be jack of all trades and master of none kind of person. I want to be able to be very fluent in Korean before I step my game up and try a different language. But you know, everybody has a different pace. If you can juggle three languages, four languages at a time. You go ahead, and I'm so proud of you for that. Oh, one more thing that worked for me was writing like, you know, different vocabulary words that would not stick in my head on sticky notes. That sounded weird. The words that did not stick, write them on sticky notes, and then stick them on my mirror、uh, in my bathroom. So, like the first thing I saw, it's like the first thing that I saw when I woke up would be those words that my brain would be forced to remember them, and that worked for a while. But then I stopped looking at them, <laughs> like they would be right there on the mirror, and I would not pay attention to them. So, if it works for you, go ahead, do that. It did work for me for a while, but then it did not. But I just wanted to like. You know, say it out so that maybe it could help somebody else. What else?、Um, I feel like what I did.、Uh, also, this is gonna be very boring for a few people, but if you're really, really, really passionate about learning a language, this would be one thing that you could also do. So I used to watch like K dramas all the time. I still do. It's like you guys know that I'm a huge K drama fan. So what I did was、um, back in the days, I would watch. A show like a drama without subtitles, like one episode or maybe like the whole thing, and then I would rewatch them with subtitles, and then I would like compare how much I understood from the episode that I was watching, like you know, with the subtitles and without the subtitles. And sometimes, like watching them with subtitles and then switching to、uh, without subtitles actually also worked because then you already know what the English was to you know. That the scene, the particular like, you already know what the English is. Sometimes you can like grasp what the situation is, and then it's easier to kind of like go both ways. So I've been doing that on Duolingo even right now, where I am studying、uh, English to Korean, but also Korean to English. So I really enjoy doing that. At the end of the day. It's really interesting and really fun to learn a language, but I feel like everybody has a different pace and everybody has different motivations、um, to learn a language and different needs, you know, basically. So somebody needs to learn it for their occupation. Somebody wants to learn it for fun. Somebody wants to learn it because it's part of their, you know,、uh, it's it's compulsory in school or whatever. But whatever the reason is, just make sure that you're not burning yourself out and you're not. You know, setting yourself up for disappointments by setting up like unachievable goals, or being too hard on yourself, or being too critical of yourself, or being too conscious, because it's all part of the process. Making mistakes, learning your brain at a point if you're multilingual,、um, becomes so overwhelmed because it's trying to like translate everything into five different languages, depending on how many languages you know. I mean, it varies, but it's still a hard job. So just Be gentle on yourself. Of course, you gotta challenge yourself, and you know, make it interesting. Try to find different activities that help you 
uh, and keep you engaged and keep you focused. Do that. Play games. Listen to music. Uh, watch dramas, movies, read books. Like whatever helps you make this process more, um, you know, exciting for you. Go do that. But I guess the biggest tip is for you to feel confident and compliment yourself and reward yourself and believe in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself i don't think anybody else can do that uh, so unless you believe in yourself nobody else will so that's the biggest tip from me to you and i guess that is it um i covered everything that i wanted to talk about and i think uh, most of these things you would probably already know but i hope you know, the tips that I've given or the activities that I've talked about, anything uh, would be at least useful for you if you're learning a new language. And I would actually like to know how many languages you know. Uh, for me, I can speak Urdu, English. Um, I can understand Punjabi. And I'm, I've been learning it properly recently. Like, I've been really trying and putting in an effort to learn Punjabi better uh over the past two years because as a doctor you have to meet patients of all backgrounds and Punjabi is a very uh commonly spoken language in Pakistan so um I had trouble I had a lot of trouble trying to communicate with people earlier but I've you know this this has been a resolution for me this year to uh, pay attention to my Punjabi and learn it and it's such a nice language like i really enjoy it especially uh punjabi comedy i really love punjabi comedy i watch a lot of uh, punjabi comedy movies and uh dramas and it's always fun anyways uh what else do i know like i can speak a bit of chinese now um not perfect but i try and then korean trying still to learn actively learning one language that i am uh actively learning and spanish um it's rusty it's dusty i have not really used it i guess that is one aspect that really affects your learning speed uh is if it's a language that you will find use of you know for spanish i learned it during school um for spanish like for example i learned it during college and i had my senorita who was teaching me and everything and we spoke with her and you know she introduced us to different dramas and movies as well uh, and spanish songs like i remember we used to listen to enrique iglesias in class and try to um like we would listen to a spanish song and then we'll try to translate it in english it was really fun um but other than that i have not found any use of the language for me like you know sometimes i might come across somebody who speaks um spanish but uh in my active social circle i don't have anybody who talks or you know is from spain um or speaks spanish like in anyways like i don't have anyone in my social circle who speaks spanish so um i have not really used it much it's kind of dusty rusty <laughs> so um but yeah i mean i would still say that it's language that i learned and i really enjoyed learning it all right so i guess i'm gonna end this episode here 
and um should i close the episode in korean as well i'm gonna have to also translate it but let's do it um so I hope that this episode was helpful in some way and I will be back with another episode next week. So please stay tuned. Allah Hafiz.